0: Love Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating and mating in midlife, and now here's your host, Sandy
1: Weiner. Hello everybody, this is Sandy and I am so glad you've joined us here today at Last First Date Radio. We are a show about achieving healthy, off the charts love in the second half of life. And we have a fabulous show coming up for you today. I'm going to be speaking with author Joe Rutland about how to transform your life in midlife. As a dating coach, I specialize in helping women date as the high value women that they are in every other part of their lives. When a woman knows her true worth, she attracts her best, most aligned partner, and that goes for men or women. I do mostly work with women, but I also work with some brave men who come to me for help. So I I just love helping people find love and find healthy, lasting love. And most people who come to me are really successful at work and really struggle in the dating department. And they question why they can be so successful in one place and not in the other. And the truth is that our relationships are very different. Um, our romantic relationships are very different from our work relationships. Although there are some similarities, how you communicate in your work relationships often shows up in how you communicate in your personal relationships as well and so it's important to work on those skills that's something that I actually love helping people with and I have a communications course that is going to be opening again in April and I'll be announcing the dates and so a lot of times when we're dating we don't realize the things that we're doing and saying that can get in the way of of meeting and, or sustaining a relationship or even making a lasting connection on a first date. And so I have compiled a list of the top three dating mistakes that midlife daters make. And I have written down some actionable steps about how you can turn those mistakes around and, and uh, find Lasting Love. So, if you would like a copy of this free guide, the top three mistakes midlife daters make and how to turn them around to find lasting love, you can go to my website, lastfirstdate.com. That's lastfirstdate.com and sign up on my homepage and get your free copy. I also want to invite any women over 40 who are single to my Facebook group, it's called Your Last First Date, so just look up Your Last First Date under Facebook groups, because I want you to go on Your Last First Date, and it's a fabulous uh, group that is supportive, people can come there and ask questions about any aspect of dating, and the questions that, that get posted are fantastic. The discussions are lively. It's all done with a positive attitude, which is so important because your mindset is more important than almost anything in dating. I also would like to give a shout-out to our sponsor, audibletrial.com forward slash lastfirstdate. Audible books are a wonderful way to read books because we are all on the go working hard and working out and and moving 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 all the time and it's hard to find time to read and audible has about 180,000 plus books in its library And so we have a free book plus a free trial of one month at audibletrial.com forward slash Last First Date. Go there and you can choose any book of your choice and you don't have to have any obligation to stay. So why don't you grab your free Audible book at audibletrial.com forward slash Last First Date. And now I'd like to introduce our special guest today. His name is Joe Rutland. He is an author, a writer, a podcaster, and a journalist. He has spent 30-plus years in the communications industry, and he's a contributing writer for the Good Men Project, just like me. He is a native Texan, and he has also lived in Arizona. Joe is passionate about supporting the emotional well-being of children, adults, and parents in the cleft, craniofacial, and facial difference community around the world. Join us now as Joe shares powerful tips on how he overcame many of life's challenges in midlife. Hey, Joe. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Sandy. Hello. Thank you so much for the invite. My pleasure. So we're... Really glad to have you here, and you recently wrote a book. Can you just tell the title of the book, because I don't have it here for some reason. That's
0: okay, sure. Um, The book is titled Midpoint, A Source Book for Your Midlife Journey.
1: Okay. Um, So in that book, Midpoint, A Source Book for Your Midlife Journey, um, you talk about your midlife transformation. So can you share some events that have played a role in that transformation?
0: Sure, Sandy. Uh, A few of the things that stood out during the process, which is an ongoing process because transformation to me never ends. It changes its form and shape. Uh, Some of the things that occurred at the time was the fact that um, I realized that life was worth living a lot. Um, it, It isn't just basically going and being a... Uh, repetitive automaton if you will of, of human life um, I learned that there was more to um, me uh, at
1: being fifty years
0: old than what I'd given myself credit for. Um, I think part of the things that uh, some of the things i 've been through in my own life and this video for you and others as well listening um that I know that I can shortchange myself, say, well, that wasn't that big a deal, or, yeah, I overcame that, but, eh, okay. Um, I think it takes someone with a lot of guts and a lot of soul to realize that, you know, you did overcome a lot. You did make the changes that you needed to make in life to make a life worthwhile in the moment, Um I think something else that stood out for me during during the process, Sandy, uh, was that I, I chose to take a really hard, intentional look at what I was attracting in my life, whether it was, you know, work-related things, whether it was, you know, relationships, friendships, and um, how those looked previously versus how they look now. Um, and how I wanted them to look in the future. So those were some of the things that stood out during, during that mm-hmm. 50th year process.
1: Mm-hmm. So was there some, I mean, you talk about that you often shortchanged yourself and didn't realize how much you had overcome. <clears throat> and now you're giving yourself credit for com- overcoming a lot. So what are some of mm-hmm. those? Uh, some of those things that you overcame, because I know you've had specific challenges, as we all do. And so what were some of your challenges?
0: Well, as far as life itself goes, uh, I think overcoming the challenge of of, uh, being born with a a facial difference, being born with a, you know, left lip plus palate, and a as as a baby, and then going through a few surgeries and then... um, Also, overcoming different types of emotional trauma, I would say, I would call that, Um, and recognizing that um, I really survived a lot of crap and made it through relatively sane. Not totally sane all the time, okay uh but relatively sane and mm-hmm. and uh and i you know I, I there are things in my life today that are still in the work in progress stuff i wish I wish I could say to you today that um. Everything that I wanted to have fixed and cleaned up was done. Was done, finished, and it's all good. Um, one of the areas, basically, is my financial life. So it's, it's been a train wreck. <laughs> you know, it's been a mm-hmm. train wreck, Sandy. And mm-hmm. uh, and that's and that's my own stuff. I, I own up. <coughs> um, I think though that. Having an awareness of it and taking action to, make, to straighten it out. Um, mm-hmm. To me, that's the thing I can be proud of because I can definitely tell you, going from an eviction to where I'm at now, is, <laughs> is I've, I've made progress. Yeah. So I give myself, and it's hard for me to give myself credit, Sandy. It really <clears throat> is. I'm my own worst critic. I am worst. I'm my own worst critic. So.
1: Mm, you and you and everybody else <laughs> uh, you know those voices in our heads are are worse than things that other people can say to us often, and um you know we limit ourselves until we have the awareness so <clears throat> sorry, I'm just getting over a really bad cold and i'm it's a
0: little okay. bit uh, sorry right. let me so let me just interject something here you were saying that about the the voices and and a piece I'll read a little bit uh, it, uh, I, I wrote, talked about, the, talked about the different masks that uh, mask being a metaphor for the type of of cover I put on my face to hide behind, something that I can hide behind and not show you who I really am. Because if I showed you who I really was. The the voices go. If I show you who I really was, you wouldn't really wouldn't like me. You wouldn't want to date me. You want to hang. You wouldn't want to hang out with me. You wouldn't want to all that other type of mental voice garbage. And I know in your work you probably deal with people that you know have that type of dialogue going on too. Mm-hmm. So I'll get to that piece later in a little bit later. Well,
1: oh, did you want to read that part from the book? I can right now. Sure.
0: Absolutely,
1: because uh, um, that's that's a really important topic. I mean, I actually am planning a retreat for women, and one of the exercises I want to do is to have them create masks of what the mask is that they're wearing now, and then be able to remove the mask and and really do it both physically and yeah. metaphorically. So mm-hmm. this is a that's a really resonant topic.
0: Let me let me read you the, the piece of. Uh, from Midpoint, a sourcebook for your midlife journey. Um, and um, it's called A Man Wears Many Masks Until There Are No More Masks to Wear. Let me see here. Just a second, please. I want to look in the mirror and see what mask I'm wearing while writing this column. Okay, got it. Thanks. You've heard of The Green Hornet and his confidant, Cato? No? The Green Hornet was a popular radio series created by George Trendel and Franz. Stryker in nineteen thirty six, featuring young dashing newspaper publisher Britt Reed and his alter ego The Green Hornet and his confidant on Cato facing off against the evildoers week in and week out. In nineteen sixty six The Green Hornet came to TV in a series starring actor Fatty Williams as Reed the Green Hornet and the real star in many people's minds, martial arts master Bruce Lee as Cato, less like many other crime fighting heroes and heroines, both wore masks to cover up their dual identities. I could go on and on about how much I really dig the show, despite it being on ABC for just one season. The point here is that they, like they are wearing masks. They're looking to protect their real self, their real-life selves. So that got me thinking, how many masks do, I, do and have I worn in my life? The list of this man and I presume many others could go on and on. People like lists, right? Well, here's a list of seven types of masks that have covered my emotional face. The mask of perfection. This one is filled with efforts. Internal messages, a quote, I have to get this right. I have to make sure this picture and this story line up perfectly as I lay out this newspaper front page. It cannot be off a half inch because the proof who will point out my mistake. I can't make mistakes. I have to make sure the family bills are all paid on time. I have to get everything just right. No mistakes, no errors, no excuses. This mask has driven me to drink in my life. While the drink is in the past, that asshole perfectionism still pops up. The mask of fear. <clears throat> what, pray tell, does this do any good wearing? The internal messages. I'll never have enough money. I have to work hard all the time. I have to keep going and going. i must work seven 70 hours a week because if I don't, then I won't be able to take care of myself. I'll never have a lover. I'm not good enough. I'm afraid to be vulnerable. If a wom- woman really saw me as I am, then she'd run away from me. I'm afraid to be real and authentic. Nobody likes that. Fear is emotion, constipation, and it's climate. Pass the dismal, please. And I'm going to stop there because hmm. there, there are other masks that I, I'll, I'll cover the, the piece, the, the mask of isolation, the mask of guilt, the mask of addiction, the mask of being right, the mask of depression. And then the very last mask I write about in this piece, I call it the mask of authenticity. And the messages there, Sandy, are, quote, I'm loved and love others unconditionally. I feel good about my life. I love my partner so much. Being vulnerable does not scare me. I find it freeing and soothing to my soul. It just feels good to feel my emotions and know that I don't have to react all the time. I breathe easier and sleep better. My whole life is aligned really well. The words and actions match, both publicly and privately. To love me for who I am, that gives me hope for today, tomorrow, and the future.
1: Hmm. Beautiful and Thanks. very well said. I mean, I think that so many people will be able to relate to what you just read, and I know that Brene Brown talks about vulnerability and the the mask of of imp- that fear of having to be perfect mm-hmm. and
0: absolutely
1: um, yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this is what is the undoing of so many, and <clears throat> I can certainly relate to a lot of what you just shared. So thank you for sharing that.
0: You're welcome. Um,
1: so let's talk about some big lessons that you've learned from your life experiences. What are, what are some of those?
0: Sandy, I'm a, I'm a winner. I'm not a loser. I'm a winner um I'm a winner in being um an author or writer i'm a winner when it comes to having friends that care about me I'm a winner when it comes to being empathetic to a, a to a very uh hard degree i would say uh, with with about situations and people. Um, I'm a survivor. I'm a thriver. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a creative person. I've learned these I've learned things about myself that probably somewhere deep back in the dark recesses of my heart and soul I, that were there. But I didn't have a realization of them, a full appreciation of them until going through the different situations, whether it be mm-hmm. having, whether it be having to use a payphone for 20 days, uh, whether you know, I mean, whether it's like um, having a flat tire in the middle of a in the middle of the night in Arizona and sleeping in the car and going through all that. All that rigmarole, um, and still being able to somewhere within myself hold my head up high and um, mm-hmm. know that I have value and worth as a human being—not just as a man, as a human being, Sandy—and that I'm, I'm willing. And also, the thing is too, that I learned: I'm, I'm willing to look at my stuff. I'm willing to p- take a risk, and like doing this radio show is is a risk for me, because I'm being mm-hmm. as honest and authentic and vulnerable with you and your audience as I can be, which is it's like walking a tightrope, <laughs> you know it mm-hmm. is, and, mm-hmm. and, and I I think, I think though my my gut says that people out there first. For authenticity and vulnerability. They thirst for it. Uh, like someone in the desert finding an oasis of water. They thirst for it. I thirst for it. I know I do. I I'd try to have a conversation with someone that's authentic and vulnerable than someone that's um, trying to be something they're not. And Lord knows, I've done that a lot in my life too. So I think some of those, some of the lessons are, are right there. Uh,
1: that that I talked about with you just now, for sure. Yeah, and I think that authenticity and vulnerability becomes a much bigger pursuit as people get older, Um, which leads me to the next question, because I know for me I had an awakening in my late 40s, early 50s, and totally transformed my life. So do you believe that this type of transformation that you went through Um, can only happen later in life, or can it happen at any age?
0: I believe it can happen at any age, and I appreciate the question so much. I really believe that, yes, the book focuses on being 50 years old. I personally believe that you can be 19 years old, you can be 24, you can be 42, you can be 36, you can be 58, you can be 67, you can be 74 years old, whatever, you can be in your 80s even and go through a transformation in your life. I mean, obviously, younger years, uh, you know, um, uh, transformation means whatever it means for you, whatever it means for me. It, it, the word awakening, the word awareness, the word um, aha moments, you um, I, I know they've happened in my life at different ages—not just fifty—but uh, uh, there are definitely it doesn't just it isn't just one age per se, and that's that's something that I hope the, the <clears throat> your listeners will will hear is that that uh, the the essence of finding your midpoint doesn't have to be getting to fifty years old and then looking for your midpoint. You can find it at midpoint at 20, Yeah, at the different ages I talked about, Sandy. I do believe that's true. I mean, mm-hmm. that's my personal humble opinion there.
1: Yeah, no, I do think that transformation can happen at any age, and I've seen it happen very young, even in my own children. <clears throat> They're much more aware at, in their 20s than I was in certain regard in terms of self-awareness. Um, but I think for many of us, we kind of coast through life and don't realize we have options until we're older, until we can't take it anymore, until something happens, and often it's, you know, some crisis happens, or we lose a job, we, you know, lose a relationship, we, you know, um, there's an illness that happens, and <clears throat> and that's where the awakening or the transformation happens. Um so some people are really not ready to be transformed until later. And you also mentioned that you're you wish you were already kind of, you know, doing just perfect and doing really well and had it all figured out by now. But I, I think that I think that that's part of life is that it's a process and nobody has it all figured out. <laughs> um you know, it's it's when you think you've all have it all figured out, you stop growing, and I think that the the growth is what makes people interesting.
0: Yes, I, I would agree, and I also I would say too that if if you're able to share the growth experience with someone or some people in a safe space, um, it makes it. That much more tasty and beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. It's it, it can be done in isolation, but it sucks. It <laughs> just does. And and if if you're willing to share the 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 experience of the transformation of of healing and wholeness, those are those are things. life's walk, that journey, that um, people that are on the path of healing and wholeness from physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental ailments, or abuse, or um, things that that happen to them, that those are heroes. Those are heroes, Mm -hmm. and they're also if I may go so far, some of them are earthly angels as well, in my opinion. Um, Because those that go through their own healing and wholeness process make not only themselves better, but in some way, shape, or form, I believe they make the world a better place, too.
1: Hmm. Yes, I agree. And I think that it takes courage to share your story. And <clears throat> I think that a lot of people are too shy or reticent to share their experience cuz they don't think it's enough. They don't think that they're important enough. So it's it's really powerful. And so you've shared your story and and my question is that what would be ideal what would you hope would happen from sharing the stories in in your book? <clears throat>
0: I would well there are two or three things. One, I hope people that buy the book will place themselves into the stories. Put yourself in my shoes, in my spot. Let your let you be in the story. And you know, I can imagine some people would read it and laugh. Some people might read it and go, "You idiot! What are you doing that for?" And some people might read it and shed a tear or two, or some people might read it and have no response or no reaction whatsoever. I just invite people to put themselves in those experiences. Um, I also would hope that um, Midpoint will be a springboard for uh, people, groups, organizations around the world to so let me come in and talk with them, speak with them about the process of transformation, process of evolving. Um, they, you know, there's always a talk about work-life balance, Sandy, and it's a, big, you know, it's a big big, topic and stuff like that. And maybe one way of looking at work-life balance is maybe taking it out of the mold exhibit or mold that is and looking at it in the, through the picture of transformation. And I, I would truly love to speak around the world uh, to groups and organizations and people about their own transformative processes and how mm-hmm. they can look at their lives differently. Because um, I don't think it, it doesn't matter what language or culture, to be honest, with, with you, Sandy, I mean, everybody goes through a transformation or transformations in their lives. Uh, it, it just happens. Um, and how, how one goes about looking at that and maneuvering through that. Something I would love to help people with um, last thing i I would hope I would hope seriously that people would buy the book. <laughs> I really uh-huh. hope people buy the book <laughs> I hope they enjoy it, and I hope they get a lot out of it. I would hope people would use midpoint as a reference guide to their own life and see. In the experiences that they're not alone, that they're not alone. Uh, I think that's the we are not alone. Mm-hmm. We really are. I, I'm not alone. I, I since you're not alone. I, I mean, in the in the universal sense that we are in one way, shape, or form connected together as people. We, although we have our separate belief systems and things like that that can, you know, kick us, kick us around, kick us up, um, we are connected
1: deeply. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful, Joe. And um, as we close, I just want you to let people know how to find you and how to buy your book. So if you
0: want to go purchase a copy of Midpoint of Sourcebook for your midlife journey, go out to Amazon, go to Barnes & Noble, go, and it's available in paperback. It's available in Kindle and Nook. It's also available in other um, ebook formats. And if you live in Austin, Texas, it's available at Book People, one of my favorite bookstores that I've ever been in. And, so, um, and also online... Uh, you can find me, Joe Rutland, at my page on Facebook, Joe Rutland. You can follow me on Twitter, at Joe Rutland, um, capital J, capital R. Uh, if you're on LinkedIn in the professional world, you can find my profile there and check it out there. Um, for Midpoint news and items of interest, uh, go to midpointblog.wordpress.com. That's midpointblog, all one word, dot WordPress
1: awesome well thank you so much joe for coming on the show today and best of luck spreading your words of transformation
0: thank you sandy it's great being with you
1: thank you and thank you all for listening today and i hope you all go on your last first date very soon bye-bye